five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh from the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Well, the style consultant helped me out and sent me the crazy ads, resent me the crazy ads from yesterday. So here's one I was talking about. Nico Time Cigarettes. <laughs> the smooth taste expectant mothers crave. How about that? <laughs> yep. How about this one? No flies on me, thanks to DDT. Now, what's interesting about this one is that um, I can't remember the author, but the author of Silent Spring uh, wrote basically the book about DDT and how terrible it was. And in defense of her, um, it was being sprayed all over the place. Okay, so there probably were it was probably being used too much, but um, but it was also very very effective. In um, in killing mosquitoes uh, for malaria, and and it's been proven safe enough to be used indoors, uh, and so estimates run as high as 30 million people have died from malaria needlessly because um, because of the ban on DDT caused by that book, and the ban has now been basically lifted. Their DDT is back in use, but in a much more limited way, which is probably good. Um, but again, 30 million people died because of, you know, the outcry against DDT. So, you know, I guess that's on her. Um, very little evidence for it at the, at when it was, when it was published. Uh, here's higher heroin hydrochlorine and from the Bayer company. <laughs> so you can take heroin, uh, heroin, uh, tablets. And um, here's asbestos. Let the, this magic mineral asbestos protect buildings on your farm. And um, I guess they protect it from, I don't know, what, what is asbestos used for, really? Was it used for insulation? I know it was wrapped around pipes and stuff. But again, asbestos is pretty okay if you leave it alone. If you try to take the building down um, and, you know, raise clouds of asbestos dust, it's bad. And, you know, you wouldn't want to probably install with it anymore because there's reasonable alternatives. But anyway, I just think it's funny that, you know, advertising contributes to um, misinformation. We talked about misinformation. And as I said, this is a show about misinformation. It's mainly about marketing misinformation. And sometimes we're marketing misinformation to marketers. And uh, that's the way it is. If you want to know what what's misinformation, just find information. <laughs> Style Consultant and I had a great conversation about how so much, uh, you know, when people say oh, the data proved, boy, whatever's, whatever follows that. Or, uh, you know, when they talk about predictive modeling and they say, well, historically, or the data showed they should just stop because, you know, when we go on and we say, and therefore, mm, <clears throat> or it may be in the future, it will be. Yeah, it will be maybe, but maybe not. Uh, the way you get to the future, inter interestingly, is not from data. The way you get to the future, and this is from my, my epistemology uh, graduate degree, is <clears throat> the way you get to the future is you first have an observation and then you craft scientifically valid experiments that isolate the causal variable that you think is important and measure the effect 
And then once the effect is measured, uh, you repeat the experiment and publish and let other people repeat the experiment. And once you have that iteration sufficiently um, to verify the causal impact, uh, then you have what I would call a theory. First, you have an explanation. When you when you get the results you 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 expect, then your hypothesis becomes an explanation for your experimental results. And then once you have enough repeated experiments, then you get a theory. And the theory basically, until you get to theory, you can't extrapolate it into the future. Uh, theory means means this works over and over and over. So if it if you have a, then B, that's the theory. If A, then B, and you have A, then B will happen. Okay, and until you get there, you don't have it. And we almost never get there in marketing. Which brings me to this case study in Brand United by Emily Groach. Um, and it says how Spectrum drove EBB, which is Emergency Broadcast Benefit, which was something that, um, oh, I'm sorry, Emergency Broadband Benefit. And what it was was somehow the government paid for um, free Internet for low-income families. <sighs> yes, we have a right to everything any, anymore. But anyway, so it turned out that the free Internet headline did better than a $50 discount. In general, it works like this. Percentages, nobody gets percentages. Nobody knows what they mean. Nobody figures them out in their head. And... A monetary amount, like $50, $50 off, is better than $50 discount. Save $50 makes more sense than a $50 discount, because a discount is, again, who knows what. Um, but free is free, and so free, if you can manipulate your headline into being free, that's almost always the best. Okay, and so then there was one test that's mentioned by Emily where they had this, you may qualify for free internet or don't miss out, you may qualify for free internet service. And this one did almost twice as well as this one. Probably because it starts with you, which is one of those key words. And, you know, you may want to you may want to check out scientificadvertising.com and get Claude Hopkins' book on copywriting because he says these principles have been proven. It was written 100 years ago. And he said these principles have been around for at least 50 years, proven by the direct mail crowd. And so, but, you know, sadly, there's a lot, a lot of numbers in here and not much real evidence of anything. Uh, so I'm going to mostly skip it. Okay, is your newest secret weapon, is your newest secret weapon old-fashioned direct mail? Now, what's interesting about this is that it doesn't really, it, it really talks about using mail in conjunction with web visits as a retargeting, in conjunction with QR codes, which is converting mail to digital, in conjunction with informed delivery, which is a USPS product that makes mail digital. Uh, and really, that's a lot of what it's about. Now, I would suggest that, uh, you know, direct mail has lost favor. Almost all articles start this way. But the pendulum has swung back. You know, the cable companies are using it. Okay. Um, so should marketers follow a road less tr taken? I would say that's almost always true because whatever media 
whatever medium is out of favor um, has lower prices. <laughs> the media that's in demand, like uh, digital and social, is you know, and the prices have gone up 200% since the beginning of the year, um, are going to cost you more. So physical mailboxes are often empty. I got beautiful catalog from Levenger. Oh, my gosh. This is just so beautiful. Look at this. Beautiful pens. I think it's the CEO of Levenger sent me this by hand-addressed hand envelope. I, I should show you that. It's beautiful. You can't do this on digital. Man, oh, man. Briefcases. Just spectacular stuff. So anyway, and one of the more interesting pieces on this article is the uh, idea that, and here's a bunch of media statistics, haptics, physical touch. Consumers say that mail lifts their spirits. I love that part. You want to lift? You know, even if it's just throwing the things away. You know, what else in, in life can you throw away with impunity? Just toss it away and you, you feel empowered. You get a lift. You'll smile a little when you throw your mail away. Mark my words. Try it today. You get that mail and you say, this doesn't have any interest to me at all. Bang. It's powerful. It's not it, not the same as mark, mark All Red, which is funny because I, I did, I continued to mark, to, to click the emails that I sent myself as test, on, as a test list. And I'm now up to 20% open rate on my WDMA.org reminder mailing. And how is this for a diagram? Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. La, 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 la. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, and here's what I always love. 28% increase and uh, 8 to 12 touch points and open rates of 64 to 80% on informed delivery. And my style consultant says, yeah, that's so we can tell We've turned direct mail where you had to look at it into junk into uh, email where we can delete it all. Fantastic. Okay, so here's stuff about retargeting and uh, lots of percentages. That doesn't none of this stuff matters as far as I can tell. There's not one causally valid test in this article, but you know here's QR codes. This was cool. This thing apparently is a is it's not a it's not a cell phone. You'd think you want a cell phone, but it's actually a video viewer that was in the mailing, and that'll be interesting just because it's three dimensional. Make it heavy. Make it, you know, it won't make it rattle. It should be playing nonstop for days, and uh, the postman will wonder what that was about. Twenty nine point two percent of recipients are more likely to open personalized communication. Again. The, the only really relevant question is, I spent a buck. What's the profit that came back to me? You know, uh, and we saw one of the, I think that, I think in one of the articles today, there was an 88%, astounding, whopping 88% return on investment. And I say, that's not whopping. That's not hardly worth doing. Uh, I don't know. It must be in the previous article. Anyway, um, no, 300, 400, 900. That's the kind that make me set up and take notice. But I just really never, never hear about case studies like that, because most most marketing people don't even know how to take out the cost of goods. 
much less the cost of advertising, much less the cost of overhead and order processing. If you do those three steps, you'll get the CFO to increase your budget. If you, after that, have money left on the table. Bob Meyer, my friend, uh, who taught me about advertising, said, what everybody wants is, is a box that you put a dollar in and out comes a dollar ten or three dollars. Once you get that and you have the theory of why, your budgets will grow. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.